woke up thinking on Proverbs 27 verse 6 and it states faithful are the wounds of a friend faithful are the wounds of a friend the wounds afflicted by a friend can be trusted and they can be trusted not to be malicious or to be out of ill will but be that as it may a wound is painful now we know from scripture and I will not belabor the point that Jesus told his disciples that he no longer calls them and by extension he doesn't any longer call us his followers his slaves his servants more specifically he said I call you from henceforth friends but I still want to go back to the earlier version which I said however unmalicious however trustworthy the wound of a friend be it is still painful good morning church I want to believe that all of us have had a good week and that we are all keeping safe moving on swiftly one of the things that the pandemic has done to all of us literally all of us is normalized the abnormal normalize the abnormal by now I know you have been in, in so many funerals I, I, I know for a fact that people around you that are close oh, some very dear some so near have passed on and one of the things about death if I may say and probably the reason why it hits us right between the eyes and affects us in ways that are difficult to explain is the suddenness and equally the permanence that it comes with but we have come to a place church where the frequency by which we find ourselves in this unfortunate situation way to say this let me just go back to the earlier statement normalizing what ordinarily should be extremely abnormal we don't even have time to mourn to be more specifically because we're moving so quickly so fast from one funeral to the other and in fact we're having a discussion with a friend of mine probably listening in <clears throat> now and was saying that it is so sad that it is no longer the departure of an individual that it is our main concern. It's the hope that they never left a huge bill in hospital. And this is what the pandemic has done to our poor souls, 
my poor heart. In my 50 plus years, I think this is a time when the frequency of loss is such that you really don't even have enough time to settle in in respect to mourning. And this is this is an injury in my own view, and I'm sure those who know better will give us even greater details. This is an injury that probably moving forward will require some bit of um, counseling, maybe uh, therapy, because we're moving so fast, and moving so fast in a direction which is not normal. Proverbs 13, 12, and I'll read a couple of scriptures just to, to help us appreciate where I want to go with this. It says that um, when hope is deferred, read when hope is dashed, it makes the heart sick. When hope is deferred, when hope is postponed, kept in abeyance, it makes the heart sick. So this is not a sickness that you can see, but it festers deep down within sickness all the same and so when I say that uh, we have to mind moving forward our hearts there's a scripture that states that um, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life so, over and above the debts which we have to deal with, that I strongly believe um, at some point or another, we might require all of us collectively some form of therapy. Needless to say, jobs, careers, businesses, hopes dashed all over the place. All over the place. It makes you to me to John chapter 2, the gospel of John chapter 2. Um, John chapter 2 talks about Jesus attending a wedding. And whilst there, the Bible says that they ran out of wine. Okay? Um, in their day, and within the context of a wedding party, Wine was such a central factor. There's a scripture that says that wine makes merry. Wine makes merry. In any case, a wedding that is as you would expect. Merriment, celebration, joy, and laughter. And the fact that particular scripture found in Ecclesiastes 10.19, if I could be more broader, begins by saying that a feast is made for laughter and wine makes merry. It is equivalent of our day um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a party, for example, and the party is kicking and the music is playing and everybody is on the dance floor and somebody pulls uh, the plug off the, uh, you know, pulls off the plug and the music stops. Okay? I mean, that's equivalent. I mean, you can 
you 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 can you can already see the the the, the disappointment uh the anger um and and uh, the, i mean the, the emotion of just absolute disgust you know when somebody pulls off the plug and the music stops while everybody is about their excitement and i think the the pandemic has brought a certain disruption um in what we may call the normal and we've been talking about this that we're living in abnormal times but i think the reality of the abnormality is now you know really 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 stepping not stepping but it's now uh, settling in and especially with what i've just mentioned earlier without having to go back to what i just said it's it's a massive disruption it's a massive massive disruption massive 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 disruption and i believe and i know for a fact because i can feel it deep down within me it is taking a toll on a whole lot of us and so i've been thinking how do we bring back that energy because yes when you look around you can sense that there's a lack of energy you look at people walking in the streets of uh, you know capital and you can tell people are going about issues in a very perfunctory very mechanical way people are gazing walking listlessly and you can tell it is almost a robotic kind of a thing so how do we, how do we bring back that lack of energy how do we bring back the drive the passion the mojo the zeal the zest the gusto the morale what do we do about the lack of excitement is it possible to live on the edge always hoping that every time that the phone rings it is not some bad news that you have to look once or twice before answering the call you have to look at it and wonder if this is going to be another disruption and another uh bad news that is coming now it is always good and that for me i always go back to these scriptures because i feel that it is from the scriptures that we can be able to gain some sense of direction and i'm thinking and this is important for me proverbs that, sorry isaiah 32 verse 15 Isaiah 32 verse 15. I'll, I'll read the thing from verse 14 and then I'll go to verse 15. And this is a prayer that I'm going to ask us to pray. And we'll make this very brief today. It says, For the palaces will be forsaken, the busy city abandoned, the hill and the watchtower will become caves forever. the delight of wild donkeys and a pasture of frogs past 15 until until allow me to read the first part again the palaces will be forsaken the busy city abandoned the hill and the watchtower will become caves forever the delight of wild donkeys and a pasture for frogs until the spirit be poured out upon us from on high then the desert will become an orchard and the orchard will become a forest let me take that again until until the spirit is poured out upon us from on high 
then the desert will be an orchard. And the orchard will seem like a forest. A couple of thoughts to share, good people. The Word of God is laying right in front of us something that is so similar to what we are all contending with. The situation as grave as we know it to be. The Word of God is telling us even the busy city becomes abandoned. And we've seen a couple of times in our own country the lockdowns and in other countries absolute lockdown complete whole country shut down. The Word of God is saying that there is a place of reprieve. There is a place of reprieve. And that place, the Word of God is calling it when the Spirit is poured upon us from on high. Now, when we talk about the Spirit being poured from on high, I don't want us to imagine that this is limited to, say, the Acts chapter 2 experience. Acts chapter 2, the disciples of Jesus were in a place, they were praying, they were filled with the Spirit, they spoke in tongues, they prophesied, they became powerful, and the story, I'm certain you know. But I want you to see God's Spirit um, over and above the power dynamics and the attributes which we have come to identify with the infilling of the Spirit. See God's spirit in respect to life. Um, Jesus breathed on the disciples. After resurrection, he found them. And the Bible says that he breathed on the disciples. And he said, Receive ye my spirit. They, there was no uh, physical and power expressions. He that hath a son, the Bible says, hath life. The life of God. He that hath a son hath life. And that life comes by way of God's breath, God's spirit, God's pneuma in our being. And that is a prayer that I want us to make very regular as we take up the week that is starting today. Somewhere else it renders it being anxious for nothing, the Bible says. But in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be known to God. And it says, then the peace of God, that is part of God's spirit. That is part of who God is. Because we know from scripture, God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Back to the scripture. 
and the peace of God that passes all understanding. And you all agree we can do with the peace, the calmness, the quiet spirit. How, how can I call it? Quiet confidence, rather. The quiet confidence. That anchorage that keeps us so well established. The peace of God that settles us. That passes on understanding. Oh God. And don't you need a church to be guarded by God's peace? We feel so vulnerable. We feel so susceptible. We feel so exposed. We don't know for many. For many, we don't even know how long we can hold. Excuse me. Can hold our weeks together. Or rather, how long we can keep around our weeds together. Because it is as, it is as it is. I mean, you talk to any person and they will be telling you who they lost recently and who they are hoping to God that recovers and the list goes on and goes on and goes on. And what business and what jobs and what situations they are having. And that is not to talk about the silent express. Maybe because of our old parents at home and other people who we feel are even more at danger. But the point I'm driving here is when we pray for the spirit to be poured upon us on high, it is far much more than the power attributes and expressions. It is the life of God indwelling us. And especially at a time of this when there's uncertainty and perplexion and confusion and every imaginable fear you can think of. And so I say it, it includes and not limited to peace. There's a scripture in the word of God that says, perfect peace have they whose mind is stayed on you. Perfect peace. Well, that just tells you that there is a peace and there is another level called perfect peace. Peace of God must be the perfect peace. Perfect peace have they whose mind is stayed on you. Great peace, the psalmist says. Great peace have they who love your law. Great peace have they who love your law. Jesus speaking, he says, Joy I give to you. Joy. I'm giving you my joy. We know, and this is something that we have said over and over again from Sunday school all the way up, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We know that from scripture. That the joy of the Lord is our strength. And at a time like this, and I want to say this just for the sake of argument, that um, from where I see it, um, joy is joy is that which doesn't have to occur because of events and situations happening around us. Okay, Just for the sake of argument, happiness probably is a result of stuff going on around us. Okay, So let's, let, let's have to distinguish it that way. Okay, I know the word joy and happiness can be used interchangeably and I don't want to split hair on, on this one, but I, I'm simply saying let's elevate joy to that where it doesn't require that certain things line up, that all our ducks are in a row, 
and everything and the stars are lining up real pretty for us and everything is as it should be okay uh, on on every level let's 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 treat let's treat joy as that which only god can give that which is in the life of christ okay his joy okay that this is not a level of merriment and excitement brought about by reason of situations you know uh, working out and being um, in favor of us okay joy we need joy this this there's a scripture in uh i don't know if you're able to get it for me found and uh, maybe in your free time you can do this it's found in joel chapter one i believe it starts uh, from verse 10 joel chapter one from 10 i think you, you don't know the way to 12 um, um it speaks it says something very interesting about, about joy let me see that a huge part of our 
house. And I'm talking about joy, remember, as the life of God. I'm not talking about joy as a result of what's happening around us, okay? That one, we tried to define it as happiness, okay? And again, we say it, we're not trying to split hairs. You know, you can use either interchangeably. But for the sake of today's sharing, we're saying, let's treat joy as that which only God can give you. And treat happiness as that which circumstances lining up and uh, favoring you can give you. And that's why this prayer for me is important, even as we take up the week. Because if the joy, and when the joy, let me put it that way, when the joy of the Lord is our portion, I can say this with the authority of Scripture, that there are certain things that are withering around us that are going to gain stability and strength. And so it's a time like that, friends, we are dealing. We are living in. It's a time like that we are living in when we need each other. When we need, like we are speaking on um, Thursday, I believe, we need the unity of the Spirit. Okay? The unity of the Spirit. There goes the word again. The Spirit. The Spirit. Until the Spirit be poured upon us, upon us from one high. There goes again the word. We were saying on Thursday, we need the unity of the Spirit because it is a journey that requires everybody. One will chase a thousand, but two will bring exponential growth, exponential success. The Bible says one will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. It's amazing that when you bring in another person, they will not double. They will not double your energies or your strengths or your achievements or those things which you intend to accomplish they will it will have a multiplier effect and a time like this the spirit of unity scripture says scripture says scripture says that a threefold cord cannot easily be broken if you tie a cord threefold, it's not easily broken. And so let me just encourage us at a time like this. If we need to bring healing to the body, we need to bring revitalization and revival. If we need to bring rejuvenation, bring back the excitement, bring back morale, bring back the zeal and passion and desire, bring back that sense of wanting to progress and to move forward in the lives of many people that we cannot afford. just togetherness physically and while that is good but the unity 
the Spirit. Empathy. True, genuine, authentic love. True, genuine holding of each other's burdens. Because friends, at a time like this, we need the Spirit to be poured upon us. Let me say this in finishing because time would fail me if I was to go every single thing that I've put down here. I believe this is a time and I know this is a time that only the qualities that comes from God will hold sway and say. Will hold sway and say. Human energy, strength, ingenuity, power, ability, human capacity has failed and is failing. We've seen we've seen desperation from places where you thought there was eternal strength. Including even churches. There has to be a source and we have to source deeper. We have to source deeper. Church, we have to source deeper. Education is good. The reading of many books is excellent. Theories are great. And so many other wonderful things which we have learned along the way are excellent. But I believe this is a time to really beseech God Send forth your spirit.